welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by Primary, a baby and children's clothing brand offering quality-made, gender-neutral basics. Mothers Christina and Galen founded Primary because they couldn't find sturdy, soft clothing without the logos, slogans, sequins, and embellishments so common these days. Yes, and as much as our kids love the bling, Primary's rainbow color wheel of simple basics has something for each of them. We also value clothing that's ethically manufactured and Ocotec Standard 100 certified meaning that it's free from harmful chemicals. Also cool, no item is more than 25 bucks. Sweet. Learn more about Primary and support Upbringing by visiting today's show notes or our partners page at upbringing.co. Now onto our empowerment. Welcome back to our Twin Talk Empowerment episodes every other Monday. We're here today to talk about our empowerment. We parent side by side. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, what, do, what do we do? This is so new. I'm like, now what happens? We parent what? 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 What do we say now? You and me. <laughs> um, we do parent side by side. You and I do, Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. But we're talking about parenting side by side our children, right? Oh, Let's get that straight. Yeah. No, yeah. I knew that. Um Okay. Do you want to do a, like a little featurey thing? I feel like we've been kind of starting those out for the these empowerment episodes. Just something we've been reading or listening to, mm-hmm. or just feels connected to this whole parenting thing, even though it's not. I like that idea. I miss our feature episodes that were a little bit longer winded. Do you really? I do. Okay. I do, and I think that our conversations are going to begin kind of integrating those books and people a little bit more. That'd be cool. Um, But I like the idea of introducing the theme of something like we parent side by side, this empowerment of ours that's, you know, a real staple. It's a a touchstone, a something we call to, to kind of just, I don't know, keep us in check to remind us of how essentially we are trained and habitualized to feel like we don't parent side by side. We are above our kids. We are in control of our kids. It is us against them. And this idea, this empowerment is that we we don't have to do that. We can parent side by side and actually get shit done. Yeah, but so. I think people are probably listening and being like, what? It is not me against them. I parent side by side all the time when mm. I'm cutting my kids' food up for them and they're smiling up at me mm. and we're um, side by side and I'm teaching them how to tie their shoelaces or um, talking them through a problem where they're not mad at me, but they're mad at someone else. Mm. This is so side by side. I totally do we're that. We're not talking about those side by side What are we moments? talking about We're then? talking about the tough moments, the yeah. hard stuff being the good stuff. Side by side is you have to understand and believe the hard stuff is the good stuff, which was our last and twin talk empowerment episode that to believe then okay if if the difficult things are opportunities to grow and opportunities to connect and build and elevate then how can we do that and parenting side by side is one of those big ways and that doesn't happen when everything is peachy keen and lovely and awesome it happens when the shit's hitting the fan and we're ready to freak out 
and our kids ready to freak out, or we both are already freaking out. And <laughs> there's this, than not. this opportunity to parent side by side to um, to grow, to, okay. to do all those things. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive into the small feature portion. Okay. I've been wanting to talk about this for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Which you know about. But, yes. okay, so I read this mystery book series. Kelty is a big mystery book series reader. You I, like a, a good I, series I, of mysteries. I have liked. Yes. I don't think you can label me as that necessarily. Mm. Um, I go through a, a thing where I'll read like a 20 book series and then not read any series for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Anyway, I read this series by Louise Penny. Uh, mystery, kind of like murder mystery series, but... French Canadian. Yeah. But the, the lead inspector is so brilliant and amazing. And I feel like most inspectors in books are, are wise and witty and brawny and brainy and gorgeous and wonderful and amazing. And he has this totally weird. Who's he? Gamash. Okay. Has this totally weird, soft, kind of like soft, empathetic angle side to him that nobody has in like kind of murder mystery literature. And what I want to talk about is what he tells a lot of his sort of like police trainees, which is four sentences that we learn to say and mean and really like the four guides to wisdom or to, to becoming wise. And all of his students are kind of like, what do you mean? Um, I'm just waiting for the real police work to begin. What are you even fucking talking about? And then he and says... This, this gamache is... And I want you to give... I don't know what backstory is necessary, but he's a very successful detective. And he's he's intuitive. He's like amazing. <laughs> this just he's, sounds so nerdy. But he's, like he's super successful. Like I want you to sell him a little bit to no, have this, like, like this random detective. He, no. Like, you know, no, he's guy, the king like, that everyone respects yeah. and, and adores. And he basically says, here are the four sentences you need to learn and say. To become a wise person. Or a good detective. Here, here they yeah. are. And as far as we're concerned, an evolving human being. One, I don't know. Two, I need help. Three, I'm sorry. And four, I was wrong. Mm. Yeah. And we were just reviewing these the other day, talking with one of our friends about how hard it is to say those four things. And but, why is it like so hard that these are the four keys to wisdom, supposedly? Well, it's two questions. Why is it so hard, but why is it so important? Yeah. Can you answer me that? Well, it's hard because saying any of those four things re- requires an immense amount of vulnerability to mm-hmm. to whomever you're saying them to. Um, what was your second question? Why is it important to say those things? Um, I think it's the only way you can ultimately learn, mm-hmm. really. Is to put Who? yourself out you, there. Other you, people, you as what? a person, anyone saying these things, if they want to grow, if they want to learn, they have to say, I don't know everything. I need help and because I, I want to grow and learn more. I'm sorry. I'm fucking human. And I was wrong. I'm also human. And I and we all err. We all make mistakes. And I want to grow and I want to be better. Mm-hmm. Every, every, each one of these statements says, I want to be a better me for you. Mm-hmm. And that's... Like basically the ultimate that you can ask for any person in your life is to say, I want to be a better me for you. And for me (laughs) and for everyone. But that's, as you said, a really big ask and it's really difficult to say. And I think so much about this and I always go to this like kind of like cultural realm of being like, why is this so hard? But I think that we, most of us and generationally um, and historically have grown up saying, 
you know, having a parent that says, I know, you know, and you don't, Mm -hmm. I don't need help and you need help. I'm not sorry. You're the one that's sorry. And I'm not wrong. You're the one that was wrong. And it it is in a very real sense, a very control-based, hierarchical, patriarchal-based system, this whole parenting thing that we've come into. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, it's in our parenting, it's in our schools, it's in our businesses, it's in our government. A lot of these things are breaking out and changing and um, really transitioning right now. And, but like, that's this general thing that you and I feel pulled to in moments where we're like, wait, I know better than my kid. I don't need help. They do. I'm not sorry. They should be sorry. Mm-hmm. I wasn't wrong. They were wrong. And that's yeah, how we all approach any conflict, right? That's what I was going to yeah. say. This isn't even just between me, uh, mo- like tough no. conflict moments between me and my child. This is this is universal. This These is are me inherent and my, beliefs about our identity yeah. and about relationships in general. But I think... I think what you were saying resonates with me because saying all those things requires a vulnerability that's impossible if we have um, an ego that's, that feels threatened by those real by truths. By conflict. By conflict mm-hmm. and by those real truths. How do we set our ego aside and, and are able to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I don't know. I just need help. Like mm-hmm. all four of those in one sentence. Can we all just try to say that a little no, more? No, I think it's incredibly difficult because, and I truly believe that it beca- it these were things were established as we were very young with uh, caregivers and attachment figures that you and I talk about a lot, connecting a sense of self and attachment with a behavior. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea out there that for someone to learn something, their sense of attachment to their person needs to be at risk. Their sense of worthiness and value in a family, in a partnership, in anything needs to be at risk for them to actually get it and learn. And that is absolutely not true. All of us, I think, are tempted to do that to our partners, to our friends, to our children, to our co-workers. We see it on TV. We see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's very normal. But research is now showing that that's actually not where learning happens. That's not where connection and relationships are built. This is totally- None of that stuff. Like it's fucking segueing, bogus. This is segueing into our yes parenting side-by-side empowerment so much. But yeah. um, how often do you say those four things? Which ones do you say more? Which ones can oh, you, could you say more, really? I think that I feel like it's been actually easier for me to say those things as a parent Um, and not in a way to, I don't want to, I never want to destabilize my child by saying that I don't know something or I need help or I'm sorry I was wrong. I want to say it in a way that like, we're all human, we're all vulnerable. Sometimes I don't know. What do you think? Sometimes, wow, I need a little help here cleaning up this mess. Hey, I'm sorry. I was a little frustrated earlier and I could have been more patient. Or, you know, I was wrong in deciding that you couldn't go to so and so's house because of whatever, and that really upset you and it probably could have happened. I think there are, there are ways that you can integrate that as a parent, but at least for me those four things have really hit me hard as a partner. 
Mm-hmm. It's like very way bigger challenge for oh, you to say yeah. that to Alex than your oh, kids. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. way harder for me to do that. And but I think it's because like, you are able to to think in the moment with your kids, this is a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. I need to be this vulnerable. So they'll learn to say these four things. Mm-hmm. But with Alex, you're like, he should, he should fucking know, that know by this now. already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't. We're all kids trapped yeah. in grown-up bodies. It's like big forever. Yeah. Like we're all doing these things. So um that's the idea but i don't know um where do you want to go from here cal let's just segue into the empowerment okay yeah, let's do it we parent side by side here it is from our website you can read on our empowerments page at upbringing.co um while we ultimately call the shots in our family we strive to make space for our kids to experience agency in their own lives from conflict resolution to cleaning to caregiving, cooperation builds their independence and honors the fundamental partnership that is family. So this idea, I think when we think of, I think we should say we conflict side by side, not even parent, but just when there's a conflict, it's so natural for all of us to say, it's me against you. It's my Or ideas. it's me, then you. Yeah, me, then you. It's me against mm-hmm. you. It's me and you. Like uh, this idea of being like two disparate, conflicting agendas, beliefs, developmental abilities, um, ages, all of these things that we take into account when what we're trying to say Plus is- Plus the pressure of having to be in charge. Of the responsibility, yeah. yeah. But what we're trying to say is let's get to the base level of human to human. And when we do that, we don't need to be, we can be side by side. We don't have to be apart from them. And we'll go into talking later about why that's so helpful. But just this idea in general right now. But I saying, mean, even these, com- these, these conversations are explorations into, yeah. into the theme. We're not going to deep dive into anything. We want to talk more about it. I don't know, in master classes and continuing mm-hmm. with our like workshops, coaching clients yeah. and uh, and workshops and other stuff. But so this is going to be a little bit of a breeze through, but set the scene a little. Yeah. But um, you know, I think when we typically have conflicts with anybody, let alone our kids, we seek to control. We seek to say, "I know this, you do this." You know, I believe this, so you need to do this whatever um we, like we lay down like, the law yeah. we stop a behavior we what what is what does controlling look like i think we a lot of people are emotion. like what does control mean what do you mean i'm not controlling it's basically stopping our kids from doing anything it's saying don't do this do this instead like over and over and over it's again like, with everything it's like micromanaging or i guess it is i I'm mean from to... being like why are you saying those words to you're yelling for no reason to um, why are you throwing that or why are you hurting that person or why are you resisting me wanting to do this? All of that stuff leads us th- to want to control them to say, look, I'm in this position of power. I'm the person responsible. My agenda rules. So let's get this done. And I think when we think of parenting, we're like, this is just my role. But if you actually put these actual situations in their base level, into a context uh, in a work scenario or somewhere else. That's just a general conflict. So what we're trying to look at right now is like, let's look at these issues with our kids and these resistance issues, these misbehaviors, these big emotions as a traditional conflict in any other scenario. And how do we want to go about that? 
do we want to go about that as an asshole who's not going to get to know this other person or get to know their thing or move forward in any way and stay entrenched in our own beliefs and our stuff? Or are we going to figure out this more nuanced, this more kind of higher level thinking way through connection and collaboration that's actually going to promote learning for us, for them, for our, our whole relationship and for the conflict in itself. Um, that's the idea of what we're talking about with parenting side by side is saying, I'm not going to just make you do whatever I want because you're a a minion or a monkey or like my little child, but I'm going to choose these other powers that I have. What are my other powers that I have to be using instead of this automatic unconscious control? But that's the catch, Hannah, is Mm -hmm. we have to surrender, not knowing it all, basically, or thinking we know it all, or knowing what's best for another human being. And all of this comes down to is respect, ultimate respect, like you said, of this person as human to human as opposed to parent to child all-knowing and experienced and supposed to be able to teach the kid everything to this little disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that makes us all worry, well, someone's got to be in charge. If if I'm parenting side by side, that means no one's in charge. If I'm parenting side by side, then you know I'm not controlling anything, and that's just total permissiveness. That's chaos. And yeah, what, I think what we're know. asking it ourselves constantly is, what can we control versus what should we control? Mm-hmm. And that's our base like level of awareness that we're trying to build, which is, okay, I can control in all these different ways and I can contrive and manipulate and force when necessary. And we make these things sound bad, but they're not. We're all doing mm-hmm. them all the time just as a survival mechanism. And because we really care, we either want to like extinguish a behavior or we want to build skills and teach and lean in or we're really just like flying by the seat of our pants. Um, but what should we be controlling? Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, just thinking about the nuance and what's important to actually be overriding on and what is important to be sitting side by side working through? Well, I think everything should be side by side. And I think the differentiation for me, Kel, is saying, what are we in charge of as parents and what are we in control of? as humans. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're in charge of as parents is quite a bit. It's safety, it's security, it's predictability, it's routine, it's emotional connection, it's respect. That's what we're in charge of. And then what we're in control of is only ourselves, truly. And then we keep working all those other skills of what we're in charge of. Okay, so let's talk about the four powers. yeah. Yeah. What are our four powers? Respect, connect, innovate, trust. Mm-hmm. Those are the powers that what we want to replace with like from control. Instead of controlling and seeking to say don't say that, don't do that. You can't do that. I'm mad. Now you have a punishment. Now you have a consequence. Um that's not okay not in our family, yeah. not in this house, not Th- right now. Those things are so natural. Those things are sure. they're yeah. taught to us. They're cultural. They are very instinctual. Yeah. yeah. But what we're saying is, and what research is showing in so many contexts, um, is that those things don't promote connection between us and our child, and they don't promote learning for them. Um, they actually can inhibit learning because they can make them feel like basically be focusing on this emotional attachment that's at risk with us. They can feel 
stressed, which puts their focus in a part of their brain that's not in their learning center. There's so many things kind of at play here, but basically the cooler and the more loving we are when the shit hits the fan, research is showing that's how we can actually allow our kids to learn. But it is a really big ask and it feels very counterintuitive to a lot of us because we're like, wait, this is not how we were raised. This is not and how, how do we people be learn. cool and calm yeah. about this thing that is totally annoying us and totally yeah. freaking us out in every way. Yeah. It's a lot of kind of rewiring of neural circuitry for all of us, you know, to do yeah. this stuff. But, but I think some of that behind, behind the scenes stuff has helped me become cooler and calmer. Mm-hmm. Like learning that human beings learn best in a safe psychological space mm-hmm. has helped me be like, okay, my kids aren't going to learn right now if it doesn't feel safe and calm and I'm not if right I'm by yelling, their side. If, I'm, if, if they're yeah. feeling unloved, if they're feeling like I'm shaming them or giving them huge eyes and a big frown, there's no learning happening. And then even if I freak out and then I try to make amends later and try to communicate stuff, guess what? My face is still in their minds. That attachment is there of go away, run away, f- you know, freeze, f- you know, freeze flee or, um, fight. or fight. Yeah. Like they have that, uh, total, um, kind of response associated with the, with the situation that happened. Yeah. So we had a friend reach out the other day and just be like, why, why am I not building my home in the world's image? Like, how is that helping my kids? If I'm not saying, here's what's going to happen outside, there are going to be consequences for these actions. Mm-hmm. But in my home, I'm sitting side by side and plowing through everything with them lovingly. Like, isn't that teaching them the world is going to be this way? And that is such a common mm-hmm. question and such a common fear. If I'm being this respectful parent who's right there by their side, helping them all the time, isn't that a safety net that's just going to be ripped out from under them once they leave the house? Mm-hmm. I think that's such a common feeling, Kel, like that are we setting them up for a really big disappointment and a reality that they cannot face? And what we believe and what we've been reading and understanding through so much literature is that the opposite is true, is that what we're establishing for them as parents right now is an incubator to create a sense of self um, and a sense of understanding of themselves, the world, us, that can actually equip them to be resilient and um, capable and um, just really like a badass in the world because we're showing them that how to work through problems. We're showing them that anything is doable. This whole side-by-side notion is saying no problem is actually a problem. Nothing that we do is, is, bears witness on who we are as a person. The only way to move and become and grow is to make mistakes. And that is totally normal. And so let's keep making these mistakes knowing that we have to learn from them. And it's not saying, oh, let go of any mistake you have and don't learn from it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You're good. You're good. You're loved. You're loved. It's saying, wow, this thing happened. You were hitting your brother the other day. Let's talk about this. You were upset. Tell me how you felt. What could we do next time? How did he feel? How did he feel? What would what the house feel like? What was going on? What could we do next time? It's more of an exploration. It's an exploration, but this side by side thing is saying, I'm this is true parenting in my mind, Kel, is saying, I'm helping you understand these situations that are so natural and that are gonna be happening the rest of your 
freaking life. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do about them? I'm not going to shame you about it. I'm not going to make you run away from it. I'm not going to punish you about it. I'm going to let you lean in with me together so you can actually understand and learn from these things so that you can not just survive them throughout your life, but actually thrive through them and maybe even prevent them as the years go on and then recognize them in other people and not see and judge other people for their mistakes, but really begin to like integrate this idea of humanity and growth empathy. and empathy and all yeah. these things. Well, that's something it's we, talk, we try to talk about too, yeah. which is we hope the ways that we're interacting with our kids when we're able, mm-hmm. obviously we're not able to do this all the time. Absolutely not. No. Oh my God. Um, but these are dreams, baby. They're dreams, yeah. baby. Um, <laughs> when we're able, um, we're, we, the ways we interact, sorry, be, like build their inner voice yeah. that they then leave with. So when we say, what mistake? Oh, you made this mistake. Okay. What happened? How are you feeling? How was that other person feeling? What was the fallout like? Hmm, what can we do next time? In that kind of non-judgmental, neutral, impartial, loving, forgiving way, that becomes the voice that they walk away with, that they go to college with, that they say to themselves through fi- like failing relationships, um, tanking grades, whatever it is. They, not, in a, not as a complacent voice saying, oh, you're good, as a defensive mechanism, but as a resilient driver saying, you learned and you're better now. What can you take from this? But basically like, our inner yeah. voice helps build their ability to mm-hmm. explore any conflict or shit they will go through in their life instead yeah. of put it away, sweep it under the rug, hide from it, get defensive about it, take it personally, mm-hmm. shame themselves, guilt themselves, feel like a piece of shit. Right, so parenting side by side in this way is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for our relationship with our kids. It shows them that we believe in them, that we love them, that we seek to understand them, that we seek to you know, acknowledge and really appreciate who they are from where they're coming from as a unique individual. It also shows them that at, at, like, they have their own unique beliefs and understandings and experiences and that those are opportunities to grow and to thrive. And then they see the world as this opportunity to grow and thrive. If we shut them down by criticizing and judging and punishing mistakes that they make, how red, like how willing are they going to be to take risks as they grow older? Like th- there's no way that's going to happen. We want our kids to be able to take risks. We want them to be able to say, I'm going to go for that. I'm going to try that. I'm going to see how this goes. And then when it doesn't go well, they mm-hmm. go through the whole debriefing process and it doesn't harm their sense of self. Yeah. And and they don't get angry at their partner because of what they, they went through. They don't take steps back they in themselves right. or their relationships or their view of the world. They take steps forward, which and is that, pretty but amazing. But that starts with us. No yeah. pressure. No pressure. <laughs> but that's the amazing thing is that, Kel, that we're learning as they learn. Like we feel these things that, oh my God, like I forgot to send my taxes in. Oh my God. You know, I got pulled over because my plates were like expired. Or I didn't tell my oh husband my I was leaving for two days. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Forgot yeah. to tell him. Or, oh my God, like I've been eating like crap and like, ugh, my yeah. body feels but shitty. Guess what? I don't know. Like, I need help. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Right. All of these things that say we're all human, that we can give grace to ourselves 
And giving grace to ourselves allows us to give grace to our kids. Giving grace to our kids allows them to give grace to themselves. Giving grace to themselves allows them to give grace to others. And it goes on and on and on. And that's what we're trying to pass on with parenting side by side. So that everyone can, can get side by side as we move along here. That's the idea. I like that. Do we want to give any examples or are we just like, meh, it's, it's, it's a little bit late tonight. We're keeping these pretty meta and I would love to get in more. I think like our workshops coming up will be a little yeah. more and we had a few more in depth examples, just like hitting a sibling, which mm-hmm. is anger, resisting a morning transition, which mm-hmm. is just general resistance, being annoying and emotional, <laughs> like it's just basic dysregulation. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of our friends had their kid th- who was throwing shoes on the roof. Oh my god! Which I would call kind of misbehavior, or most like people think quirky, of as misbehavior. a quirky misbehavior. I thought it was kind of cute, and she yeah, was like, I was like no. "That's novel." And she was like, "No, <laughs> no." <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, I mean, do you want to go through all of those? I mean, they're basically like oh. we use the steps to say, instead of saying, "Don't do that," stop saying that. Don't don't hit a sibling. Like that's terrible. We don't, we do, don't that. do that. Stop resisting getting dressed. We have to get to school. Stop being annoying and emotional. I'm trying to eat dinner why right now. Why are you whining? Right. And why are you throwing the shoes on the roof? Gah! Like, whatever. They don't go there. Right. Like, w- what we're saying instead, that's us against them. We're saying, let's get side by side on this because that's the key to understanding. That's the key to connection. The key to connection is the key to trust. The right. key to trust is the key to innovation where we can actually be moving forward. Yeah. So and we just, that, that's where we run through that's the That's where learning we happens. Say, we respect that they're a different person. We don't owe them. We don't know everything about them. We we we're separate people. They have their unique experiences and feelings. So let's respect that shit. Yeah. And respect the fact that we need to be their advocate and help them when they can't help themselves. Right. Then we lean into the second step, which is connect. And we get in there and we say, "Wow, you you seemed really angry at your brother." Or we ask hmm, a question. Seems, Why? Seems like, Why yeah, did you do seems that? Seems like you're having trouble getting your shoes and socks on. Or wow, you've been really spiraling out and spinning on the floor for a while. What's going on? Or I see you throwing shoes on the roof. What's going on? How's, uh, what can I do? Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Right? That looks kind of cool. Yeah. And then we hit the innovate step, which would look like, wow, we, I can't let you hit your sibling, but what can we do instead when you're feeling really angry? Or, hey, you're not wanting to put your clothes on, but could we do it like where you like we time it for 10 seconds and see how fast you can get going? Or you're being super emotional and whatever, let's innovate. Oh my gosh, like what if we dive into the bathtub right now? Or run into my bed and cuddle for a little bit. Yeah, some kind of thing. And then shoes on the roof. Oh my gosh, I have a barrel over here. Can you throw the shoes in there instead? Yeah. You know. And then the trust step. Which is just knowing, getting perspective, hitting the sibling, resisting a morning transition, being annoying and emotional throwing shoes on the roof. (laughs) Those are all so developmentally normal and that everything we do with love and kindness and compassion is getting through to our kids and it's building our relationship and building their skills and their brains and that it's going to be okay. None of these are deal breakers for the people that they're going to become. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And that even if we don't deal with it in the best possible way, we have, guess what? An hour from now, 
we have this evening, we have tomorrow, we have the day after, we have we, the next week. Two, that is the beauty of parenting. We can circle back. Yeah. Talk about it, debrief, storytell. We can model all these mm-hmm. things. When I feel like chucking things, which I absolutely do, mm-hmm. here's what I do, etc. Yeah. But these are the four powers that we're really trying to incorporate instead of controlling our children because control is very comes very easily to us, but the I don't know, the repercussions are starting to feel very heavy and very difficult. Mm. And this idea of parenting side by side is an opportunity to create a mindset around these conflicts, you know, that is more collaborative than control based and more humor based than serious and more loving than, you know, contrarian. Like it's just it just lightens the load for all of us and like really i don't know increases the learning as well which is pretty cool as always we would love to hear your thoughts on our empowerment twin talk and we'd love you to get in touch whether dm phone email or throw a website upbringing.co yes and lastly you are doing an amazing job we're so proud of you and We're right here with you taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. So thank you for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time. And now for the lullaby bye portion of our show, created in the hopes of inspiring us all to personalize our song singing experience with our kids. Yes. We like to find songs from our past, from our youth, from our early years before we had children, and they're not usually lullaby-type songs, but we're bringing those into the mix and kind of hoping that even as our kids get older, we can still be singing these songs to and with them. So that's kind of what this portion is all about, deciding that... We can just let it all hang out and be vulnerable and just sing something that we want and not feel compelled to do Twinkle Twinkle and Bye Bye Blackbird and maybe mm. maybe you love those songs. I did not love those songs. Mm. Those are great songs, but I think over and over and over again, they can feel a little bit oppressive, a little bit limiting. Um, and I think that something we're trying to promote here is this idea of we can choose these things. We have this opportunity right now to dive into something that is meaningful to us for whatever reason, and that our kids can connect to in some way, and that can help us connect. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Or backwards. We Mm. connect with it. So then they connect. That's how I feel. Right. And then they connect with us. That's the idea. Okay. I just we just that. like, yeah, we, we totally just said, said that. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what song do you have for us this week? Um, it's from uh, this group called the Backstreet Boys. I don't know <laughs> if you've heard of them. I'm just going to put that out there right away. Okay, Han. Um, you know, we heard a few of their songs in high school. They were pretty oh, big sure. in the mid to late 90s. And <clears throat> we weren't like huge fans or anything. It was kind of more of a joke. Like we were driving around with our girlfriends or like on a water polo tournament or something, we'd hear them. But we were driving, you and I, cross country from Mm. Massachusetts to Portland. And 
or actually it was probably from Wisconsin to Portland that we got the CD. You went to the library of our grandparents' like little hometown. They had a big sale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we bought a bunch <laughs> of CDs. And you surprised me, which, come on, twins, like twins don't surprise each other that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that, but like when Kelty and I can surprise each other, it's like, holy fucking shit, this is like the best there thing ever. There was some Enrique Iglesias and there was some Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Those are very surprising references to our youth. Um, But they were really great road trip mantras. And I feel like I was pregnant with Roy, my daughter. What? I was probably seven months, eight months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And kind of forgot about them. And then when she was a newborn and we would be driving somewhere, she would start crying. And like somehow the CD got revolved to Backstreet Boys, this song. And she immediately stopped crying. And I swear to God, it's because you and I sang that, you know, on and off for several hours on our road trip. I thought we started I, I singing know. it to her in the moment. Not it, it came maybe. on. Oh, I feel maybe. like we were like, let's just sing something because it'll make her stop screaming. That could have been it too. It, it could have been the song. It could have been us singing the song. We don't know. Like mm. you, you can't like, you know, totally know the exact root cause of of music and how that works on a person. But we sang this song and after that she loved it. And so I started singing it to her as a lullaby. And I love this song because it just feels very parenty. And of course, most relationship songs tend to be parenty as well. Um, And especially in this realm of parenting side by side, instead of parenting me against you, um, this idea it kind of falls into that framework pretty mm-hmm. pretty comfortably. Okay, so. cool. Let's hear it. Okay, here goes. Unadulterated, that's what we're talking about oh, yeah. here. Uh, we had a few people write in and be like, how many takes do you do for these songs? We do one. Are you doing anything? We do one take. No, we do one take. Okay. So here goes. It's called I Want It That Way. You are my fire, the one desire. Believe when I say that I want it that way, but we are two worlds apart, can't reach to your heart when you say that I want it that way tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake i never wanna hear you say that i want it that way no i want it that way 